Get ready to embark on a transformative journey. Hey, hey, resilient souls out there. It's an honor to have you join us today on the Teaching for Our Moment podcast series, brought to you by Teacher Leadership Program in the Professional and Graduate Education Department at Mount Holyoke College. I'm your host, your resilient girl, Sherelle G. Coleman. In a world where self-care seems elusive and the demands of the educational sphere can sometimes seem overwhelming, we're here to be your guiding light. This podcast is your safe haven, a space where we dive deep into healing relationships with our relationship first, of course, so that we can be better to and for others. Each and every episode, we're going to explore practical ways to help educators incorporate self-care and self-compassion in their daily lives while sharing a bit of teacher talk about behind the scenes. Because my friends, conversations need to be had. Because you deserve to thrive. You deserve to shine again while doing the work as an educator. Here, we are creating a supportive network of like-minded educators who understand the unique challenges we face in the educational sphere. So, fellow educators, tune in and join us on this transformative journey. Together, we'll heal, we'll grow, and we will thrive. Now, let's talk about it. Hey, hey, fabulous educators, it's your resilient girl, Sherelle G. Coleman, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Teacher Talk, the ultimate self-care podcast for educators. Today, we're diving into the deep world of education as a male teacher. We'll be sharing stories, laughter, and practical tips to empower your journey. So grab a cup of coffee or tea or even a glass of water, get comfortable, and let's talk about it. Today, we have with us Roger. Roger is a friend of mine as well as a colleague from the past, and he is at an independent school. And there, he has had many experiences as well as experience in the public school sector. Today, we'll be talking to Roger about how it feels to be a male in the educational sphere. Welcome in, Roger. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Great. Great to have you here, Roger. Today, let's talk about being a male in the educational sphere. We know that many men are afraid to dive in, but you took the dive, Roger. So tell us a little bit about being a male in education today, like 2023. How does that look and feel for you? A lot different than 2003 when I started, you know, 20 years ago was, it was way <laughs> different. So things are, things are a little bit more sensitive in a sense compared to what it used to be. So Absolutely. That, was, that was one of the big challenges. Absolutely. And tell us what you mean by like sensitive, Roger, what does that look like? I mean, I know I started way back when as well, like 2001. So things have definitely changed since 2001 for me as well. I see total different students that I seen back then. I see total different parents than I seen back then as well. And we all know that parenting is totally different then than, you know, it is now. So tell me a little bit about your experience, Roger, whether it's public or private. Tell us a little bit about what you're seeing. 
All right. Well, I, I can kind of go back with my background. 2003, I started in a private school. So for the first four years of, of teaching, I taught in a private school. So they came to school every day with uniforms. And being a fresh teacher, I just kind of kind of said my point of view. Didn't have any kind of limitations put on what I thought. Didn't really understand how to play the game in a sense of how to say things that were, I, I don't feel like politically correct or just trying to move up within the ranks of the school to take on more responsibilities or start kind of showing what my leadership role was outside of the classroom. Because as a teacher, your job is to be the leader of your class, you know, show, show through demonstration, making mistakes, this and that. So I used to address a lot of stuff that as I would address it, I was informed that I was no longer allowed to address because it might be oh, perceived wow. incorrect. So it just kind of, you know, you never have when a kid's going to go home and what they're going to say. And, and so I was, I was, I was, I was confident, you know, still am confident, you know, if a, if a kid goes home and says, Hey, my teacher said this, Mr. Rotasi said this, or this and that, I'm more than happy to be like, here's the context. And if I make a mistake, I make a mistake and I apologize and, and fix it. Cause that's what I tell the kids we've got to fix it. But if it's somewhere I'm like, no, your kid's lying. And that's, that's not right. You know, I'll be like, you don't have to listen to me, but you want to ask some people in the classroom that are students and see what their perspective is, you know, cause they were there. Right. I mean, so 2003, I mean, having, having uniforms, I used to address all the uniform violations. That was one, right? It was, I was like wow. uniform violations, you know? So that was pretty easy with the boys because like shirts untucked, belts not there, you know, shoes un untied, nothing, nothing too big. The girls on their hand, I was like, hey, I think you're, I think you're, according to the rules, just looking at you and walk and seeing you walk, your your fingertips and, and your hands just in general, your, your, your skort, you know, has to be lowered, <laughs> you know? And they're like, you can't say that to a girl. So I'm like, but that's right. the rules. Cool, right? Like if I can't address it, then you're limiting my ability as a teacher to do that. So there are some things that I've changed and just kind of, just kind of done it. You know, I mean, we work together at a, at a, at a, you know, private institution together and school uniforms are there too. And I would just go to the female teacher and be like, look, I think so-and-so's dress is inappropriate. Can you please address that? And that actually you know, has saved me a lot of headache in a sense, but at the same time, it's also limited my ability to be a leader and be like, look, as a male, you know, looking at you, you know, you, you can't be presenting yourself in that way. You give off a certain look, a certain, a certain communication to, to especially boys, you know, especially middle right. school boys. Right? right. So it's a matter of being respectful of yourself. It's a matter of coming to, you know, you come to school, it's kind of, you know, as teachers, it's our job uh, as students, it's their job. You got to come prepared every day. You know, you don't have to wear a tie, you don't have to wear a collar and shirt but you better look presentable and you better look like you're coming here to get your stuff done. Like you're coming for a job, you know? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, so it's, so those are some, I mean, that's just one of the few things that's changed. I think it's one of those, one of those things, you know, I've been, I've been approached multiple times in, in private and in public to possibly go into leadership. And I don't know why so many male teachers want to go into leadership. I, I, I do get it, you know, cause as a leader, you're like, well, then I can be in charge of the whole school. But your leadership role completely changes, right? Like you go from being a male leader in the classroom of being the, the I guess the word would be, you know, the model, I guess, the model of what a male should possibly be like as a leader in the classroom, as a supportive person in the classroom who wants all students to be successful and care and compassion and support and and you know, you laugh with the kids, you cry with the kids, you you celebrate their their accomplishments, you you, you kind of cry, you know, not externally for the most part. Internally, you feel horrible for kids that don't reach their goal. But then you look and you're like, all right, what's the next step? 
you know, it's like, okay, we got that. All right. We got, you got about five minutes to, to kind of, you know, talk about this, but then, okay, what's the next step? what did you do to get here? What did you right. not do to get here? So, and then when you have these male teachers who are phenomenal and I've known many male teachers who are phenomenal and they get pulled out of the classroom because like, Oh, you'd be good. in you know, in, in as a principal, well, you would be, but then you now are going from teaching kids to dealing with adults. And right. that who just never resonated. That just never resonated with me in a sense. You know, I mean, I think we fine, but as my wife always says, she's like, the kids love you. Like the kids always check in on you, you know, and they and you check in on them, you know. So it's it's one of those things like if I left the classroom, right? What would that look like for me? And that thought just does not appeal to me at this time. So but I always know that there's a lot of male principals. There's, I mean, there's female principals too, don't get wrong on this one, but but it just seems like more males kind of get pulled out and I, good for them if they want to do it. You know, that doesn't, it's just not my cup of tea in a sense, you know? I love that. And we are so thankful to have you in the classroom. We need more male teachers. I mean, we need male teachers everywhere, private, public, everywhere being uh, in the classroom you have a lot of impact and your impact is more direct in the classroom so we definitely need you I definitely know that you are the student magnet everybody <laughs> loves Mr. Vitasi so there is no doubt about it you are definitely the student magnet of the year so we thank you and we ask you to keep doing all the things to be a wonderful magnificent teacher in that classroom Roger now I wanted to ask you a little bit about teacher burnout. When it comes to any of those male figures that you know that are in education at all, do you feel like the number of male teachers are increasing or do you feel like it's about the same? What are you seeing as far as male teachers or male educators? Are they coming out of the field? Are they staying in the field? What is the kind of the, the short on that one? I think, I think if you're going to go into a school and you want to have the preconceived mindset of where you're going to find a male teacher, it's going to be in the gymnasium, mm. you know, it's going to be gymnasium administration, a lot of coaches, you know, I mean, there's female coaches, don't get me wrong on this one either, but if you're going to go into a, a typical school in today's world, and even 20, 30, 40 years ago, it's still very male dominated gym teachers and female dominated classrooms, you know? So, and, and as you and I both know, the way that a male approaches a classroom and compared to a female approaches a classroom is different. You know, I mean, just with my wife and myself raising our kids, you know, I see it, you know, personally now in my, in my house on a daily basis where it's like, I give my, you know, I give my son a warning or two and I'm like, that's it, we're done. You know, and she's like, okay, one more chance. I'm like, no, 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 no. we're like, this is the expectation. The expectation is the expectation. Now I've, I'm, I have compassion internally but I want that person, my, my son in this case, or any student in that case, to understand you get two, you get two, maybe three. And then after that, we're like, you need to step it up. Right. Right. But I'm always told, you know, I'm not always told, but I'm often told, oh, well, give him another chance, give him another chance. I'm like, I gave him five chances yesterday. I gave him five more warnings today. I'm probably going to give him five more warnings tomorrow. When do the warnings end and the accountability piece come in? And Absolutely. so. And so it's one of those things where even from parent perspective, you know, the parents are like, thank you so much for holding them accountable. And I have female teachers who are like, I've never been told thanks for holding my kid accountable. And I'm like, even, even society in general has a, has a really preconceived notion of female teachers compared to male teachers on what the expectations are. And I don't know it's because of what we see. I don't know it's because of how we just 
are raised where I know I, ra- I was raised where my dad was a disciplinarian. My mom was the compassionate one, you know, and whatever my dad said, that was final say. And I have students who, who will That's argue typical. with female teachers. Yeah. I have students that will, be, that will argue with female teachers. And as soon as I walk in, I'm like, what happened? Like, Oh, sorry. It won't happen again. I'm like, well, why don't you say it in the first place? Why do I have, why do I have to be present for you to do the right thing? <laughs> right. Like, and I'm not a big person. You know? I'm only I'm only five seven. I'm not a big person at all. So you have these kids, and I have kids that are taller than me. You know, six feet, who are just like, oh, sorry, Mr. Tossi. And I'm like, but why why can't you just do that in general? Like that's just the right thing to do. And so that's when the next conversation comes out, right? Like as a male teacher, and it's like, okay, what can I do? Like, what are my next steps? Do I do I just say that's the end of it? Or do I then follow up a couple of days later? And usually I follow up a couple of days later, which is I think my report with students is pretty good. So I'm like, hey, remember a couple of days ago, you were really rude to this teacher, huh? How's it been going since? Like you, you have to follow up with them, right. you know? It's like, all right. And and a lot of it is, you know, a lot of the antidotes, you know, there's a lot of antidotes with kids where it's like, all right, well, here's what I did when I was a kid, you know? And so I have kids that are like, you did that as a student. I'm like, oh man, I'm like, if you guys knew how many bruises I came home with, like, I, I know from my perspective, and I know what I was like as a student, I was a little snot. I was, I was a typical, <laughs> you know, delayed puberty, five foot, you know, nothing kid as a senior, you know, it's kind of exaggerating, but, but it was one, you know, outgoing clown kind of kid, you know, who's funny and stuff like that. But I also was really smart, but I never really saw the, the, the end goal. It was hard for me to see the end goal. And so to have a person like myself be like, oh, I know that kid. I understand that kid. I, I read that kid. All right, your end goal, you're not going to see it, but here are the steps to get there. But if I tell you what the end goal is, you're not, you're still not going to understand it. So here's your step towards that goal that I can help you with while I'm in your life right now. Right. And hopefully the teachers will continue to do that. So yeah, I don't, it's just, it's very interesting with, with that compared to, to how students you know, relate to other teachers, you know, I mean, there are some issues. I, I get a lot of things wrong. I mean, as everyone does, and the kids come back like, oh, you told me to do this and I did it. It didn't work. I was like, great. All right. What's our next strategy? It's not like, okay, you fail. It's okay. What's the next strategy? So, right? so do you see more males coming into our field of education? Uh, I don't, I, I, I really don't. It's funny. Cause okay. So I have, I have like 10, there's about 10 people on a, on a text thread from college still. Out of those 10, seven of us were educators. Okay. Three of us are still, three of us are still in education. Oh, wow. three of us. And they're like, I just got like, I got to make money. I got to support the family. Or they're like, you know, this isn't for me. I just don't feel like dealing with these kids all day. You know, I mean, there definitely is a difference of patience, I think, with, with some males compared to females, you know? Okay. And so I, I see that, you know, like I said, I see it with my wife and myself, you know, I'm like, hey, you got two tries and you're done and we're moving on usually they hit the mark. If they don't, then the compassion comes out, but the expectation is there, you know? So, but I don't, I don't really see a lot of males entering the profession, especially nowadays, because there's just, there's just so much controversy, unnecessary controversy, unnecessary political issues going on within the classroom. Um, you know, I worked, I worked in public school for 10 years after year four, my wife told me to get out. And I was like, no, I said, I can't. And the reason I didn't leave, this is going to sound kind of dumb, but, you know, in my first four years, I didn't get vested in retirement. Five years at my first school was retirement, vested retirement. I didn't get it. So right. I was like, oh, this is not, yes. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is not good. You know? So like, honey, I got to get vested retirement. So in the public schools, 10 years, you get vested in retirement. And I'm like, I got six more years. By the time I was done, she's like, you're the most miserable person. 
I have ever met. And I'm like, if you knew the hoops that I'm jumping through, right. the language I have to use, if you understand the stress, like the, and, and, or, or the students I got in my classroom, you know, that was, you know, I taught first grade, I've taught third grade, I've taught fifth, I taught English language learners, early intervention program. This year, they're moving me to seventh grade language arts, and eighth grade social studies. I taught sixth grade um, in the same building with you. I taught fifth grade math, you know, so I've kind of been all over the place on teaching. And I think that's a big thing, too. I think that you get these teachers who have taught the same thing for 10, 15, 20 years, and they just go to work and it's just automatic. And it's like, right. you got to, you know, we talk about, you know, educators and, and becoming administrators. And then it's like, when you become administrators, they forget what it's like in the classroom. Okay. Well, I've heard so many teachers say, you know, after five years, educator, you know, administrators should go back to the classroom for a year. Okay. Well, after five years teaching a subject, you should move subjects then. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's all about growth. It's all about right. trying new things and seeing like, oh, all right, so if I taught fifth grade, let me go to fourth grade for a couple of years. Oh, that, okay, now I get fifth grade. Now. Let me go to third grade. Oh, now I get fourth grade now, right? So you can see the progression. Right. You know, so definitely helps. I think, yeah, it is. And there are some people who are like, I don't want to teach fifth graders. They're difficult. No, they're not. They really aren't. You know, you just got to relate with, you got to be able to connect with them. Right. Right. It's all about a challenge. So, and then, you know, for me, it's about the challenge of learning to adapt. You know, if you learn to adapt, then that means that you have actually grown yourself in some capacity as well, because it may be challenging, but who's not up to the challenge? It definitely has to be a person who has a growth mindset in order to take mm -hmm. the challenge on to have a challenge at that time. And, you know, the honest God truth is something that you said when you were just speaking and you said you make mistakes, you make mistakes in front of the kids and then you just go and you press go and say, okay, what's our next challenge? So students learn from what we, how we react. A lot of times we're teaching them the teachable moment right within the mistake that has happened. So I think a lot of times educators think they have to show up as a perfect being. That is not what mm -hmm. we do as educators. A real educator knows that the most teachable moment is when you make the mistake and you tell the students that you've made the mistake. So I'm glad to hear that you are um, the type of teacher who embraces that growth mindset. That's important for us to have. Now, let's talk a little bit about, I know the public school was different from private school, but we <laughs> all know that education has its own challenges no matter where you are. Let's talk about the parents. How, how does it feel as the male talking to the parents I wonder, does that look different? I've always wondered, like, how do parents address the male teacher opposed to how they address the female teacher? I know with the female teacher, parents, a lot of times they expect more compassion and they're, they push a little bit more. Do you feel like parents push you to do what they want you to do more? Or are they more receptive when you say, hey, this is what's happening and this is the strategy that I'm using? So talk a little bit about that, because I've always wondered this. <laughs> so one of the first things that I always hear from every parent when I when I join a new school or go to a new class, right, is I'm so glad my child's having a male teacher finally. Wow. Like just just that perspective has already put me in good terms with them. They're like, good, right. they get a male teacher. They're going to be different. Like they're going to see a different point of view. They're going to now they have no idea what kind of a teacher I am. 
right? Like I could be a type A, I could be like not, I could be laissez-faire. I mean, they have no idea, but the fact that they're just like, we want our child to have a male teacher, right? Because most male teachers, you don't get them till middle school to high school. Right. And then when kids go to middle school, high school, and they're like, oh my God, this male teacher is different than what I'm used to. They don't know how to adapt to it. Mm. Some of them don't know how to adapt to it because they're not used to a male teacher, you know? So, and it's, and it's kind of funny because you and I know, you and I know some pretty fantastic male teachers where, where we used to work together. And there's a lot of sarcasm that comes out of male teachers compared to female, right? And that's just my, I've, I've said things and I've had male to female teachers be like, you, you said that to a student. I'm like, yeah, I did. Like, if I did that, I get in trouble. I'm like, oh, interesting. You know, and that's just because I think that's how the kids kind of perceive male teachers compared to female teachers, right? So it's it's very interesting to have parents come up to me and just before I even talk to teach their kids, or even have them in my classroom, they're already excited to have a male teacher. You know, I was just at I was just at yesterday. I was, I was out and I ran into a student who I never taught. I know the student because they interviewed me as a new teacher last year at school. And the mom's like, Hey, I heard you're going to eighth grade. I said, I am. Oh my God. We're so excited. We're so excited to have. And I'm like, why? They're like, we just, we just want another male teacher. You know, we just want, we already have the science teachers, the only male teacher in in the middle school, other than the, the gym teacher. Right. It's like, we're excited to have a teacher that's not a science teacher. Cause that's kind of how I grew up too, as a science teacher was where the math teacher was always male, right? Which there's research behind that as to why with the brain and, and the development and this and that. But it, it's, it's just one of those things where just starting that off, right? And then calling, I mean, I can go through a story really quickly. You know, this past year, I had a student who kind of had a bad reputation. Don't even know the student. Just, and I was like, oh, well, good luck with those parents and do this and that. And it's, it's a typical teachers get that every year, right? Like good luck right. with those parents, this and that. So, you know, I followed the plan, you know, the kids on a, on a plan, I'm following the plan. I'm like, this isn't working. Like extra time is not working. You know, being coddling is not working. So I did the worst thing possible in the point of view of, of outsiders. And as a teacher, I'm like, it's not the worst thing possible. It's just holding the feet to the fire. And I called them up into the class. And, and my language probably wasn't the nicest, but basically if it wasn't for the support teacher, you might be passing my class. Right. You know, and he's one of the few that wasn't passing my class. And the mom got livid or the nasty email to the principal. Principal's like, do you want to address this? And I'm like, yeah, thank you for having trust in me. I'll address it. So I called up the mom and she was not happy about it. So then the dad had to get involved and dad was like, but this is his perspective. This like, we need to hold our kid to the, you know, hold the kid to the fire. So the dad was like, here's what's going on. And so you know, we, we had a good hour and a half conversation, which not everybody's able to have, but I was able to have an hour and a half conversation with them outside of school hours with me. And, and it was, it was interesting. You know, my wife gave me that time. She let me have that time, which is huge. Having that support at home to have that, to make that relationship. And then about three or four weeks later, I called them up again and I was like, Hey, just let you know, he got an A on his math. And they're like, what happened? I was like, we held them accountable. He finally had to stand. He had to step it up finally. You yeah. know, so, and you can still hear some, some anger with the mom. And I get that one. Don't we're on this one. Like, you know, you, you know, you just kind of like, when you say something that's not nice, mm-hmm. the one, you, you know, you tear the piece of paper, you try to put the paper right together. You know, one of the, one of the icebreakers was, you know, you do with your students beginning of the school year, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, that, that paper's torn, but there's tape there now. They're trying to fix that together. And they understand. Yep. I got it. You know, so there's always, there's always things that, that, 
people say that they don't mean to it's in the heat of the moment, you know, and as you know, having 24 kids in the classroom, you know, 20 kids in the classroom, 60 kids in the classroom, and you're making all these decisions. I always remind parents, I'm like, look, your kid's one of 16 in my point of view. Right. They're one of one in your point of view. They're one of 16 in my point of view. And I'm going to try and give them the, what they need and what they need in my point of view and what they need in your point of view may be different because of what our end goals are. But please understand my goal for your kid is to be successful while failing and, and overcoming. I love that. Right. So that's kind of what it is. So that's, that's, that's what's from my point of view, that's kind of what it is for being a male teacher. I, I don't know if that's for every male teacher, but I always know that there's always a happiness at the beginning of the year that there's a male teacher in the classroom, which is why I wish there were more male teachers. You know, people right. are like, the pay isn't good. The pay isn't good. I, I didn't go in for it for pay. I don't think a lot of teachers do. And then I remind myself, you know, I mean, I remind myself and my brothers, three of my brothers, yeah, three brothers, and they're all, you know, they work year round. And I'm looking at them going, I got 190 days of contractual hours, right? right? Of contractual days. And I'm getting paid this much money to do that. Yeah, I can handle this, you know? And do I get exhausted in the year? Yeah, is May horrible? I'm 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 drained. My tank is empty, <laughs> you know, as they all are, you know. And then you know, this past summer with two, two littles at home now, I'm already drained right now just from being a dad. Right. So there's a part of it's like, I'm excited for school to start because I get a break from my own kids in a sense, right? So right. love them, but it's like, you just need a little bit of a break. So, and I know the parents are like, oh God, please take my kid back to school. You know, we all, we all need our mental breaks, right? So it, it's one of those things where you just need to kind of have a little bit of time out away from something, you know, or someone or whatever. And yeah, get, we, get we, definitely, get, get. we definitely have to take that time for ourselves. That puts us right into our next question. So it sounds like you're doing a lot to make the magic in the classroom. And again, we are so excited to have a male person that takes on the education um, role. And we need more male educators for sure. So let's talk first about Roger, what are you doing for self-care? What are you doing for self-care? Because as we know here on this podcast, we talk all about teacher self-care and caring for self is imperative that we do that first before we care for others. What are you doing to take care of yourself, Roger? Oh man, this past summer, it's been bad. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's been bad this past <laughs> summer. I don't know. Yeah, usually, so I've ran, I've ran three marathons as an educator during my time as education. Yeah. So that was always nice to do the, the running. I now have two kids. So the running kind of gets eaten up a little bit. So I have done what many educators have, have turned to, which is hopefully going to be something's going to change in the future, you know, but it's all about, it's all about yourself on, on what, how you want to take care of yourself. But um, I'm taking the easy approach to self-care, which is actually not caring for myself. I, I actually do a couple of drinks every night, not getting drunk every night, but I'm like, I'll have a couple of beers, you know, nothing big, so on and so forth. And you realize, Oh, this isn't really making the next day any better, you know? So <laughs> that's very, that's very traditional for a lot of teachers to be like, Hey, you want to get a drink after school, you know, uh-huh. you like, you know, and we, and we do it and we do it and and it's not, it's nothing bad. So, you know, that's, that's the self-care that a lot of us turn to, which is not the healthy self-care. You know, it was, it was way easier we're, we're, when I worked with you at the school where we were together, you know, they promoted self-care. 
Right. And that was probably, I really wish to me, that's what I wish they would go to with a lot of schools. You know, I mean, you get, you get, for those of you that may not know who are listening to the podcast, you know, after school, they would have yoga or they would have CrossFit and then you would get points. And then, and then when the points accumulated, you could turn in the points for gift cards, you know, so like 250 points was a $25 gift card. Now, you, you got to have the income to do that and in an independent school, you have to allocate the funds for it. But even at a, even at a public school, you know, if you allocate funds for, you're actually promoting self wellness, right? It's huge, you know? And I know that we used to have challenges like, Hey, take a picture of your, of your holidays, you know, whatever your holiday you're celebrating, take a picture and you get 15 points, you know? And so right. people were doing it. And then you had to comment on too. So you're looking at other people and it really created a community. Right. So the, the, I get, so for me being an extrovert and as you know, you know, being outgoing, <laughs> I'm out of my classroom, every planning period, I do not do well with grading papers during the actual school hours. I'm always in someone else's classroom, checking in on them. And that's, that's, that's my self-care. I love to get to know my, my colleagues. I love to get to know what's going on, you know, and not even gossiping, not even going like, Oh, geez, so-and-so said it's more like, Hey, you know, I'm, I had a teacher draw um, my son a picture of Woodstock. And the reason why they knew to do that was because I told them about how much my kid loves watching Snoopy, you right. know? And so just getting to know that teacher, they drew a picture of Woodstock one day and were like, hey, give this to your son. I was like, okay, like, all right, cool. Like, I thank you for doing this, you know? But, you know, and I used to come to your room all the time after school. You know, I get in trouble so, for being home late. I'm like, hey, what took you so long to get home? And I'm like, I'm talking to Miss Coleman. You know, like <laughs> she has such she has such amazing ideas in her classroom that I'm like trying to pick her brain. You know, so to me, that was my self care of going. That's what they're doing. Oh, that's what they failed at. Oh, that's how they're going to overcome it. Good. And then when I would come across that, I'm like, oh, I have tools in my toolbox, right? So my self care used to be more of a physical aspect. Now it's more of a mental aspect of along lines of growth. If you really want to know the honest truth where I'm still going, you know, I taught fifth grade at my previous school. That's in a different building. Now I'm going to seventh and eighth grade across the little alleyway. And I'm like, okay, what, what do you guys do? What's going on? How do you guys operate this stuff? And there is a divide where I am right now. There's a divide between K through five and six, seventh and eight because of just how the schools are operated right. differently. Right. So they're like, well, you know, we have, you, you guys don't have as many, hours with the kids well we don't because it's a little different you know I know it was like being self-contained you're there from 7 30 to 3 30 sometime right you know so and and now you have block schedules so it's a little different so it's hard to compare those two things at the same time though it's like are you going to sit there and complain about that or are you going to do your job the best you can do it right you know and if you don't and if you like that idea differently then go up to your principal and say hey I would love to try a new challenge. I would love to try a different, you know, if you're like, oh, that might be easier. Go ahead and see if it's easier. I'll tell you right now, it's not. Because <laughs> there's a huge <laughs> new learning curve, right? To do it. So, but I mean, this the self-care aspect of it is, you know, we get out, we get, I get out of the house at least once a day. I have to during the summer. I can't be inside all day. A lot of people do. They're like, I'm just going to sit in front of the TV and watch. And it's like, you start getting kind of miserable a little bit. So just getting outside, getting some fresh air doing a dumb errand, I got to get gas. You have half a tank full. I just got to get out of the house, right? So right. there's very little things of self-care. I think some people think self-care is like going to the gym for three hours and working out no. or running for an hour. And it's like, you, you can read a book. 
you literally could read a book right. for 15 minutes and be like, wow, that was actually kind of nice. You know, right. I mean, there's a lot of books, a lot of self-help books I've read. There's a lot of marital books that I've read with my wife. There's things that we've worked on as, as in our relationship as a married couple. There's things that I worked on as an educator. So there's so many various things to self-care, but, you know, I start off with alcohol because I think mm-hmm. it's still, it's still, it's, well, it's kind of funny because it's on my mind where it's, it's during COVID. I mean, every single person just started talking about how much they were consuming to the point that my buddies and I, like I mentioned before with, with the, the text thread that I'm on, a lot of us actually went to non-alcoholic beer to see what it was like, because we, it's, it's almost like when you try and quit smoking, right. you don't need, you just, you just need that action, right? right? You just need that, you need to fill your movements with something else other than bringing the cigarette to your and mouth. And that out. physiological so, response. Absolutely. So we did that and then we're like, Hey, what if, why don't we do like a 90 day challenge of not drinking? Okay, let's do it. You know, how long are you going to last for? I don't know. We'll see how it goes, you know? And, and I did it. It wasn't, it wasn't difficult, but it was one of those things where you're like, all right, what do I do? But the reason it worked was I told everybody, I was like, Hey, look, I'm doing nine. I told my in-laws, I told my family. I was like, look, I'm doing 90 days and not drinking. You yeah. Know? It's a or, mind shift. It, it helps you to yeah. have a mind shift. And like you said earlier, it helps you to have that accountability. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I often thought about that during COVID, how I thought it was very interesting how they would close everything. However, the only thing that was not closed is liquor stores, like mm-hmm. all the stores that had the alcohol, alcoholic beverages, they, they remained open and the government allowed them to stay open. I always thought that's interesting. So, yeah. And, and people have a different person, you know, people have a different relationship now with alcohol in general and drugs right. in general, right? right. Like. There are so many more people now who are like, well, I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to abide by it. And it's great. So you have a lot of teachers who I think that used to be some self-care were like, oh my God, I'm going to go home and I'm going to have a drink and that's going to, that's going to take the edge off. And it's like, but the research says it just makes you sleep like crap. Right. And then you wake up the next morning and you're behind the eight ball again. So what are you going to do? Go home and do it again, you know? So it's one of those things where a lot of us have been there with that you right. know, or I'm going to go, I'm just going to go eat out and go eat, you know, crap food. And it's like, well, you got to take care of yourself, right? You got to, you know, or I'm going to go and, and I'm going to go and, and talk with somebody and just go bash people. Well, all you're doing is talking negatively. It's all your mindset's going to be is negative. Right. right? So, but it's hard, you know, and it's, it's one of the things where you tell your, you tell people, like when I ran the marathons, I was like, look, I'm running marathons. So don't expect me to be out after eight o'clock at night. Cause I'm waking up at five or four in the morning to go do my running, you know? So, and people that knew that I was running the marathon were very respectful of it. And those that weren't respectful of it, I just, you know, because I have that, I have, I have the ability. I have, what's the word nowadays? Agency. I have the agency of who that's I right. give my time to, that's you know? Right. That's and right. so, and, and so that's what it is. It's like, what's, what's my age? Like, what do I want to do for myself? How am I going to make myself better? You know, and it's, and it's not easy. It's like, Hey, we're going out to go eat some food after, after school. You want to come? kind of kind of trying to lose some weight or eat a little healthier so i'll go but i'm not going to eat i'm just going to hang out with you guys or no i'm not going to do that because here's my goal and i really wish you guys to respect that and that's kind of what we teach the kids right standing up for themselves right i mean you go back to the self-care and we do it for the kids where it's like why didn't you do on this test well my friend called up and and they just wanted to talk and i'm like but you had a test today why are you on the phone till 10 o'clock at night with your friend talking about nothing when you have a test today like you you have the ability, you have the agency of where you want to spend your time and your effort and, and your energy. So, you know, we, and we talk about that, you know, so it's, 
I don't know. It's a lot. I mean, I kind of kind of yeah, talk a lot. So, but no, it's, that's, it's a that's, lot. Yeah, that. So it sounds like for self care to me that you have talk therapy as a part of your self care, as well as self advocacy for things that you need. So those are your two self cares that you're doing for yourself. It sounds like. So I say kudos to that and just be intentional (laughs) this year about what your self-care looks like so that you can take care of you. Because again, if we don't take care of self, then we definitely can't be good caregivers for others, regardless if it's other colleagues or if it's the students or if it's for the sake of the schoolhouse that we're in. So we're going to end by... I want you to tell us something that we need more of is male teachers, of course. So the one thing I would ask that you could um, speak to before we close out is how can we get more male educators? Uh, What can we do, Roger? We need them. (laughs) What could you say to the listeners here that are on the brink of, I may want to go in education, but I'm not sure. What do you say to those male educators or potential uh, male educators? in the words in the words of nike just do it you know i mean i i mean it's we just talked about covid we just talked about the change in dynamics we talked about so many people leaving professions and trying new things and and it used to be so scary and just be such a big risk where it's like well i'm going to leave this profession you know of of being an it because i want to go become a vet you know i mean it's just a made up scenario or, Hey, I think I'm going to, I think I want to go into education or, Hey, I think I want to leave education and go somewhere else. I mean, if there was a time to do it, COVID was the time when people started finally getting the confidence to do it. Like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Leaving a profession and trying something new, you know, at, at this age, after so many years together, you know, and, and it's scary financially. It's really scary. It's a, but at the same time, what's your, what's your mental health? What's the cost? What's your price on your mental health? Right. Quality of life. Yeah. That's just it. It's like, is it worth, is it not worth it? You know, working in DeKalb County, was it worth working those six extra years to get invested in retirement? When I'm 90, I'll let you know. But right right now I'm thinking, but right now I'm like, I think it was, you know, because I'm, I'm able to have friends and family and colleagues around me who trust me and I trust them. And when I tell them something, I, I believe it's going to stay with them. And when they tell me something, hopefully they believe it's going to stay with me. And it, and it does, you know, if it goes to anyone's ears, it's my wife's, as we all know, you know, it's your spouse's ears are, are the ones who are the wall. Right. Right. So, and, and that's, and that's a big one. So I would love for, for male teachers to, or for just males in general, be like, Hey, look, what do you want to do? You want, you want to try education? Try it. Oh, I don't know if I want to be around little kids all day. They're kind of a, yeah, you know what though? When those little kids look forward to you every single day and you are like the superhero, like the living superhero right. in their eyes. Like I thought when I taught first grade, I, I I had a kid that that did something really, really, really dumb. And it wasn't his it was his fault. It was his decision, so on and so forth. But it's also the family's decision of not locking up some things. I'll let you guys infer as to what possibly could have happened. But the next day when he came, he didn't get suspended because I was like, geez, the first grader, you can't suspend the kid. He just, you know, he brought that to school to show his butt. He's like, it was a really dumb move. So the next day I was like, hey, how you doing? He's like, I'm good. I'm like, so we're going to have a good day today, right? Huh? I was like, all right, let's have a good day. There was no harping on, right? There was nothing like along those lines. But he saw that and he was like, oh, I'm not going to be in trouble with this guy. I'm not going to be in, you know, like this guy actually cares for my for right. my learning and my development. So I think there's a huge need for, I mean, obviously educators in general, 
But male teachers, I would love to say try it. Just go in and try it. Because the good part about it, and as as we know, and as a lot of people that are listening to this know, there's so many opportunities into every year to change grade levels. Right. There, all, there always is. And that's one of the things I do. You know, every year I get the, where do you want to be next year? You know, that always gives a little questionnaire. What are the three spots? And my number one is like, wherever you need me. Wherever you need me. Like, that's that's where I put down every single year. And every year, like, we need you here. That's why I'm teaching eighth grade social studies. Never taught it in my life. Upcoming tasks, excited about it, scared right. beyond all get up. But it's one of those things where it's like, that's where they need me. Then I'm going to step it up and do it because it's always a challenge. I think some people start losing challenges in their jobs and they're scared of losing the paycheck. But it's one of those things where it's like, what's your mindset? What's 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 your value of your, of your mental health, right? So- uh, if, if I had to talk to a male teacher or if I had to talk to someone who's like, do I want to go into education? Do it. All do right. It because Let's if, do it. Cause if, cause, yeah. Because if you don't like it, what's your next step? Right. You try something else. There's right. no, I failed at it. No, you didn't fail at it. You just found out you didn't enjoy it as much as you thought you were going to enjoy it. Right. Like right. try something new. So yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. I mean, I love it. This is your number. I finished year number 20. All right. Yeah, Congratulations. Crazy. So you're number 20 and, and the pros and the cons and, and there's always outlets, right? There's always outlets, this podcast, people on Instagram, you know, all these, all these various things that are, you know, they talk about the funny things that teaching they talk about the, you know, what it's like, they keep it real. They really do. And it's nice. Absolutely. Because we have stories for you for days. Educators have stories for days. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I, know, right I know I've taken up a, I know I've taken up a lot of time right now, but I mean, you and I could probably just start our own different podcast on the side too. Like stories that you wouldn't believe that happened in the school. That's world. right. Like you this know, could like, happen in real life, but it did. Those are yeah, the stories yeah. we can tell for sure. I oh, for agree. sure, for sure. Thank you so much for being with us here today, Roger. It's been a pleasure having you here on our podcast. And until next time, I want you all, our audience, to stay resilient, stay strong, take care of yourselves, and we will see you next time. This program is funded as part of a $249,900 fiscal year, 2022 Congressionally Funded Community Projects Grant made to Mount Holyoke that provides 100% of the funding to support the Teaching for Our Moment project to equip educators with the tools and support them and their needs for their own social and emotional wellness, and to promote the social, emotional, and academic wellness of their students. The project includes both a one-day teacher conference and a six-month-long professional learning circle with mentorship for K-12 educators.